Hello everybody, what's going on? Welcome back to Heavily Contested, hosted by me, Chris Belcher, and my boy right here, Matt Moina. Typically on our last two episodes, our first two episodes, we started off by talking about the NBA, the Heat, the Bucks. We got tired of talking about the NBA first. We're really excited now that football is back. The NFL is finally freaking back. Started out last night with the Texans and the Chiefs, which was a Chiefs win 34-20. What did you think about that? I thought the Chiefs, the Chiefs looked really, really good. You know, I think coming off of a Super Bowl, I don't think they're really going to go through the the Super Bowl slump that a lot of these teams go through. They're special, bro. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is an all-time talent. But the one thing that just really stood out to me was just Deshaun Watson running for his life the entire game. Dude, I started watching that game, and listen, I was having some worries just in general about the way the Texans were going to look minus D-Hop. And then you just look at the receiving core. You look at the O-line. I don't feel like... That team really did much to bolster their case for anything besides, yeah. hey, we locked down the Sean Watson. And look, the guy couldn't even get shit off, man. He looked off. Yeah, he got some points in garbage time if you're playing fantasy. I just think that the main problem is is definitely Bill O'Brien, the head coach. He head coach slash GM. 100%. Yeah, the only time that we've ever seen a GM work in an organization that's also the head coach is with Bill Belichick. Yeah. And even with that, Bill Belichick... That's so rare. Yeah, but Bill Belichick, like, in the draft, he struggles. But he still has like, a guy, though, like, what works with him like that to get, like, player personnel and shit. Yeah, I'm sure, Bill, I'm sure Bill O'Brien does, too. But the the problem is, is that Bill O'Brien didn't want to pay D-Hop, and mm-hmm. now he's gone. Yeah. Right? He was too and difficult. The, Deshaun Watson could depend on D-Hop a lot when he was in trouble. You throw the ball up to the guy. The guy's the best jump ball receiver in the NFL. You throw it up to him. That guy's going to come down with it. And now the problem is, is he needs time in the pocket, but he doesn't have it. The Chiefs pass rush was getting there in like two and a half seconds every time. They, I was like, I, at a certain point in the game, I started to time it. And I was like, how much time does this guy actually have when the pocket's collapsing? It was like two to three seconds Analytics. max. Yeah. It was like two to three seconds max that this guy had to throw the ball. And I, I don't want it to like be like this, but I think Deshaun Watson's going to end up like Andrew Luck. And I, fact, I I really do think he's an injury winning to happen with that O-line. Yeah, because it's like Andrew Luck, guy went through cracked ribs, he had shoulder issues, and all because the guy couldn't stop getting hit. And mm-hmm. yes, it was partially because he wouldn't throw the ball away, and a lot of the times he would make mistakes. He but, could have been a little bit reckless too with it right. sometimes. And Deshaun Watson can be a little but reckless. But that's, that's greatness sometimes. It is. But that's what makes Deshaun Watson, people like Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck and Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson, it was what makes them special. Yeah. You know, that they're able to extend plays and do all this stuff. But, I mean, if I'm a quarterback, you know, sometimes I just want to sit in a clean pocket and throw the ball to my open Sometimes guys. not, dog. All the time. No, Yo, I mean, if yeah, I, have, I I'm fucking around with If you. I had the legs, I can get out of the pocket and do all this stuff. But I see, like, a lot of similarities between Deshaun Watson and Andrew Luck just because of the fact that they're both mobile guys. Obviously, Deshaun Watson's more mobile than Andrew Luck. And yeah. Andrew Luck's probably a better passer than Deshaun Watson is. Andrew Luck was a beast. But... Andrew Luck got paid, right? Yeah. Deshaun Watson got paid. And there's a trend. Like, okay. you pay your quarterback, you your whole pay your team quarterback, You pay your quarterback, but you need to get them help. Mm-hmm. If the Texans do not get Deshaun Watson help and on the O-line, because he has receivers... They gave him Brandon. He has Brandon Cooks. Will Fuller's a great was a great receiver. But Brandon Cooks is a number one though. Like really, I think that's the number one. And like Will it's Fuller like, on a week. I think week, Will like, Fuller's like more than but number like, one. But like that's weak, man. Okay. Like no disrespect. When Will Fuller stays Fuller. healthy, he's a really good. Oh, receiver. I understand. He'll have some games where right. he pops off. But is that going to be the guy that like a contending team is really going to be able to put up and say this is our guy? Okay, I don't yeah, think so. But Deshaun Watson, in a similar way to Andrew Luck, takes these. Teams that should not be in the playoffs oh, 100%. to the playoffs. They have that Russell Wilson quality. Right. So you need to get Deshaun Watson the offensive line he needs. He has help now. 
with the, you got David Johnson in free agency who looked really good yesterday. No, not free agency. They got him in that trade in the with trade, in the trade, yeah. He looked really good yesterday, right? But David Johnson's another guy who's been getting hurt a lot in the last couple of years. Yo, it's crazy how they have two injury-prone players behind a weak O-line. I mean, Deshaun Watson's not injury-prone. Well, I'm not saying injury-prone in the sense it's like... It's like injury waiting the, to happen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, injury-prone yeah. just because of the threat. But sorry to but interrupt you. Another thing, too, is that the Chiefs' pass rush looked a lot better than it did last year. And the secondary looked better than it did last year. If the Chiefs can put it all together defensively, there's no shot I look at them as anything better than the best team in the league. I can agree with that. I, I truly believe that the freaking Chiefs, like... They have a revolutionary offense. They have a revolutionary just approach with it with a revolution. Like, just all around. I can just, just say that word all the time. Revolutionary offense, revolutionary quarterback, fastest receiver in the league. Travis Kelsey is an absolute monster. And then you have Demarcus Robinson, McCole Hardman, who are all threats to just, like, to be able to score. You know? And the the guy that they drafted at LSU. Oh, Clyde Edwards. Clyde Edwards. Yo, that guy had a day yesterday. That I think guy, it was, like, 138 yards yo, rushing last night. The guy's literally a little bowling ball. Yo, he's 5'7". He, yeah, he literally runs through people. Dog, it's, it's literally, crazy. like, you remember, like, it's like this name. You remember the muscle hamster years ago, Doug Martin with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? That he had that one good year. Yeah, yeah. and they call him the muscle hamster. I'm like, yo, dog, they're going to come up with some name like that for him if he continues little, doing this shit. The guy's literally a little bowling ball, bro. Like, it's, it's insane, really, really man. Like, I really think that... Overall, I think the Chiefs are going to have an—I uh, an, don't think it's much of a hot take to say the Chiefs are going to have a better year. I think the Texans, yeah. in general, just with that setup, uh, yeah, it'll be a couple years before we really see Deshaun Watson, at least in my opinion, really have a strong team around him. I think Deshaun Watson will move forward, recover from this, and continue to do Deshaun Watson things. I think, but, he's, I think he's going to be great this year. You think? I think he's going to be great this year against against mediocre and bad teams. But good teams, I think that he's going to struggle. Good teams that always come in with a game plan. Like next week with the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, he's going to struggle next week. Like that's going to be insane. But let's talk about one of the Ravens' rivals. We got the Patriots facing the Dolphins next, I mean, not next week, this weekend on Sunday. The thing is, like, it's after Thursday. I don't know. It feels weird right now. Like, Sunday feels like forever away. I've been waiting for the season. But anyways, we got the Patriots, Dolphins. Patriots are favorited right now. They're a minus 7.5 point favorite. The Dolphins are plus 7.5. How do you think this game is going to go? Why do you think it turns out the way it does? Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, the Patriots are still the Patriots. Bill Belichick is still, the, if not the greatest coach of all time, one of the greatest coaches of all time. No, he is the greatest. There's, there should be no question. He's, he's, we'll see this year. We'll see what happens Dog, with Brady. Are, are you really telling me that there's even like one possible like thing that still needs to be checked off on that guy's resume? That he can win with Brady. Dog, listen, I understand what you're saying, but it's been 20 years, man. Yeah, like, it's been 20 years. I agree, but it was him and Brady. We're going to see. I think this year we'll see if it was Belichick or if it was Brady or if it was both. If they both do really well, then it was both. So what do you think happens right here? Do you think that missing Tom Brady is going to impact? Do you think that Cam Newton? I think offensively it's going to it's gonna affect them, but not this week against the Dolphins. As, as a Dolphins fan... Love the Finns, but trash. It's just the Patriots at the beginning of the year always beat the Dolphins. It's at the end of the year where the Dolphins go and they pull off some miracle against the Patriots. But <laughs> it's not you know, yet. The Patriots still have still have a dominant defense, and I think I think Miami is going to struggle offensively. The the first like this first game of the year, it's I don't like think Fitz Magic in there. You still have Fitz Magic, but that but offense is just it's not it's what not, it could be yet. Right. So I think that the Patriots take it twenty four to ten. 24 to 10. Okay, so I'm seeing right now in this game, I do think the the Patriots are going to win this game too. I think they're going to take it probably around 21 to about 14. I'll I call think, it that. I'm going to say Campbell Dolphins get plus 7.5. Yeah. I don't know. 
I think Cam, the thing is, I'm just not quite sure how that offense is going to do yet. And even though I'm really excited about Josh McDaniels with Cam Newton, listen, it's not something that's really talked about in the media, but if you really think about it, Josh McDaniels did have success with a running quarterback back in the day. I know it was Tim Tebow. I get it. Not in the league anymore. We all know how that turned out. But I just find it also kind of ironic how Cam was backing up Tebow in Florida, and now he's actually going to have his head coach as his OC. And I think Josh McDaniels, yes, you know we know Tom Brady's great. It's going to hurt. But he's going to be able to open up what he can do on offense. I think Bill Belichick, I mean, he trusts his guy, bro. And I think that Cam Newton... We we have a very, very, very short-term memory, bro, that we just, like, we forget what somebody has done. And I think Cam Newton, yes, he's been injured the last few years. Yes, okay, this, that, and the other. And he's been disrespected, dog. But I think it's going to be different. Do I think they're going to make the Super Bowl or anything? No. But, hey, it's week one. We don't know. Right. So, anyways, I think the Dolphins... You know, they don't have it just yet, but I think they're just good enough to be able to hold it that close. It's not going to be the blowout or anything like that. Next game, we got NFC North matchup between the Packers and the Vikings. Do you take it off? Hit me with the spread and everything. So we got the Vikings minus two and a half against the Packers. Uh, I think that it's going to be a close game, but the Vikings on both sides of the ball have more weapons, even though they have a lot of guys not playing this year or this game. Uh, I think that they're better on both sides of the ball. They have a better running back in Dalvin Cook. I think I take Dalvin Cook over Aaron, Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, yeah. Yeah. They have the Packers have Devontae Adams, but outside of that, they don't have anybody else. And we all, I say we because I'm a Vikings fan. We have Adam Thielen, dog. Yeah, like, Adam, Thielen's, Adam Thielen's a baller. And even though we lost Stephon Diggs. But Kyle Rudolph is still a very viable tight end. I think he's viable. He's definitely fallen off a bit as far yeah. as production. But hey, it's Kyle Rudolph, bro. I feel like as you age, these tight ends just, you know, it becomes more like a Jason Wooden type. Right. Role. Like I think, I think the Vikings, the Vikings end up taking this game. Against against the Packers, I think it's going to be close, twenty four twenty. Okay. But I think that it's I think it's a really close game until the end. I just think the Vikings have too much on both sides of the ball to be able to, for the Packers to be able to win. I can see that. I definitely am going to go Vikings too. Not just being biased here, but I'm just saying I always feel like there's this intense matchup, close rivalry going on between the Packers and the Vikings. Always, even though I think the yeah it was the Packers that they won both the matchups last year. I just feel as if the Vikings. Even though they lost freaking Stephon Diggs, they have, uh, what is it, Daniil Hunter out. They don't have Everson Griffin, Linval Joseph on the team anymore. It's still a really solid team that I think, hey, if you think about it, they did. By any means, they beat the Saints last year. And I think it'll be, what, I have it here, 17-14 Vikings? Mm-hmm. I think that's a solid I think pick. that what a lot of people aren't talking about is, like, where does Kirk Cousins do his best? Kirk Cousins like, does his best with no pressure. Right, with no pressure. There's, like, people have, they have, like, 25% fans there. You know, it's no, not gonna no. be. There's not, not even. There's not even fans. There's not fans there. Not at this game. Mm-mm. For real? No fans. It's only select stadiums actually that are doing it. Oh wow! Like it's really weird. Like I know, for example, you have the Patriots and the Dolphins. There's no fans because they're in Foxborough. But if you okay. come to Miami, but there's fans here. Yeah. So like it's weird because there will be some matchups where you will have that. But hey, look. Even if you think about it, you but know, but it's still not like the big, like the big atmosphere yeah. that it usually is. And Kirk Cousins plays really, really, really well. Mm-hmm. When there's not that pressure and that and that big game atmosphere, so I think that Kirk Cousins is gonna play really really well this game and not just this game but the entire entire season. I think Kirk Cousins is gonna be one of the top quarterbacks in the league this year. I think he has the potential to be that, but I also feel like it could be kind of like a reawakening year in the sense for like you know people respecting Aaron Rodgers and yeah I know I didn't choose the Packers to win this game, but I think we're really gonna see what Matt Lafleur exactly could do. I think there's gonna be a little bit of pressure on Matt Lafleur to see what exactly is gonna go on with that offense, especially after he didn't pick a freaking uh, position player with, like, a wide but receiver. It's, it's not him that picks. Well, I, under, I understand, but there's some sort of, like, influence here with this and shit like that. The, the, Packers, the Packers do absolutely nothing to help out Aaron Rodgers. They ever. never have. But think about this, though. 
there has to be some sort of influence. Matt LaFleur, he's a new guy. You you don't think in the back of his mind he, you know, he's already thinking talking to Ted Thompson, their GM saying, Dog, like, it's already time we start you know, they're having those conversations. Right, but they pick a quarterback in the first round. Which I don't think they should have done. Right. And then they pick a running back in the second so, round. So what I'm saying is like he needs a receiver. It's like I don't know what's yeah. gonna happen, but I think you'll have a decent year. I think it'll be fine. I just I don't know, man. The Packers, even as a Vikings fan, has been frustrating to watch them. So, anyways, next matchup. We got the Dookie Browns. Oh, sorry. OBJ and the Browns against uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Lead it off. So, uh, the Ravens are seven and a half point favorites against the Browns. Uh, I'm honestly, I'm going to take the Browns that they cover the spread. I think they cover the seven and a half point spread because I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I think it's another year under Baker under Baker's belt. I think Baker's going to be very solid this year. I think he's finally going to come... I think he's finally going to be able to like come out of the shell that he's been in. Mm-hmm. And I think that OBJ has a bounce back here. I think Jarvis is going to be really good. And that running back duel that you have with um, with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt is really good for them. That's they also nice picked up back. They also picked up the the tight end from from the Falcons, Austin Hooper. I think Austin Hooper makes a really big impact Yo, in that do, offense too. Do you think Najoku's going to have an impact? You're thinking the joke I mean, he's going to be the backup tight end. I think, he, yo, I, think, he, I think he gets traded eventually. Yeah, he demanded a trade. Yeah. I'm like, damn, but how quickly he phased out there. I mean, but he's never been that bad there. You know, like, he's always been, like, a pretty solid tight end. He's not an elite tight end. I know. It's but just he's like, always been a half-decent tight end. It's wild, man. Like, you know, I'm just saying because, you know, Kane talking shit. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Kane's won yesterday. But that's besides the point. Like, you know, we're talking about the offense I was going through. I'm like, I know I'm forgetting someone. And I thought about Najoku right now. That's who it was. Right. Yeah, so keep going. Yeah, so I just, I think the game's going to be close. Because mm-hmm. all the, the games last year, the games last year the Browns played the Ravens. The Browns beat the Ravens the first time they played them. And then the second game, it was actually, like, a pretty close and decent game. Uh, so I think that the Ravens, the Ravens come through with this game just because there's just too much firepower on that team, offensively and defensively. Lamar Jackson's just probably the greatest athlete we've ever seen play quarterback. Next to Mike Vick. No. You think no. he's better than Mike Vick? I think that he's a better athlete than Well, Mike yeah, that's Vick. what I'm saying. I think he's a better athlete than Mike Vick. I don't think like the arm talent is the same as Mike Vick's yet, but I think that I think that the Lamar that Lamar and the Ravens have too much firepower offensively and defensively. I think that they that they the game's gonna be close, but they take it twenty-eight to twenty-four. I'm gonna take the Ravens at minus seven and a half. I feel like this is gonna be an impact game right off the fucking bat for Lamar, the Ravens offense. You know, they got freaking Mark Mark Ingram, they got Mark Andrews, they got JK Dobbins in the backfield, and they also got Marquise Brown. I think it's gonna be a really solid game. And even though they lost freaking Earl Thomas to some crazy ass stuff, crazy offseason like Thomas guys had. is like I don't know. That guy has just like gone off the rails. <laughs> He's gone off with the, the Seahawks. Deep end, just bro. he was first with the Seahawks, yelling at everybody all the time. Like the middle finger, trade me to Dallas. The thing with his wife was just crazy. Yo, like, when he slept with his brother, his brother and some chick, and the wife walked in with a freaking gun. Just like, all that's all that's just nuts to me. And then this guy says <laughs> something to somebody in the locker room and gets released. It he's was, gonna he's gonna end up somewhere. I think he ends up in Dallas, to be honest. I mean, Dallas always gets those like knuckleheads, bro. I mean, it is what it is. Like, they somehow always, always end up getting it to together. Go to Dallas, Dallas wants yeah, him. I he's saying it, bro. Like, so what do you think about the game? As far as the game, I think the Ravens are too much, bro. I don't even like. I'm sorry, it's the Browns. Let's be fucking real. Kevin Stefanski, he's the guy for the freaking Browns now. I'm sorry, first game, new system. It is what it is. I take the Ravens, 35-21, no question about it. Next. We got Matt's one of one of his sleeper picks here with the Falcons going up against the Seahawks. Run it. So the Seahawks are two and a half point favorites against the Falcons. I think that this is going to be one of the best games of the weekend. You know, um, I think it's another close game. Okay. I think till late that this is going to be just neck and neck. It's probably going to be back and forth. But at the end of the day, Russell Wilson's going to do Russell Wilson things. 
and that they're going to, I think, it, like a late fourth quarter drive, I think the Seahawks end up taking it 31-28. to 28. Personally, this is the one topic that both both Matt and I were talking about in production before, and we're, I'm, I'm trying to come up with my scores and stuff, and I start talking about the game with Matt, and we start going over like what we think the score will be, and we're both here like 31-28, and I'm here like rushing, wanting to change it up or something. I'm here like, I see the game the same exact way, bro. Yeah. I really do think that... This is always going to be a very tough matchup here. You got Russell Wilson, Matty Eyes coming back from 28-3 type shit. And it's it's just it's a fun matchup. I really do think you also got Dan Quinn, the coach of the Falcons and mm-hmm. stuff like that. They got that connection. Everybody knows each other in there more or less as far as the coaching staffs. So, I personally feel it's going to be 31-28 also. Tough shit, but hey, Russell Wilson's Russell Wilson. Yeah, but besides this game, I honestly think the Falcons are going to play really well this year. I think that defensively they're going to be all right, but I think Todd Gurley has a really good year with Atlanta. I think that the guys, the guys on a he's on a what a one year deal, something like that. Yeah, something really. Like, yeah, so in, like it's a, it's a year, on him. It's a year for him to to pop off and then get a big contract next year. I hope he you does have, well for real. You have he Hul- fell off. Yeah, you have Julio, who's one of the most talented wide receivers you've ever seen. Yo, he may be the best. Yeah, like in uh, the league right now. He's in the he's the most talented receiver in the league right now. He's not the best receiver in the league right now, but he's the most talented. Okay. Um, you have. Calvin Ridley, who's, who's Yo, a dog. Calvin Ridley, I'm going to give you some fantasy input. You pick up Calvin Ridley right now. If by some chance you have him on the free agent market, if some chance you can get him in a trade, you do it. I had him last year. Baller until he got hurt. Don't sleep. Continue. Yeah, I I personally think the Falcons have more firepower than the Seahawks, but the Seahawks have the better defense. Because Pete Carroll, no matter, who's gonna, no matter who's on that defense, Pete Carroll always finds a way to make that defense good. You know, they just, they have to find a way where they don't have to heavily rely on Russell Wilson for everything. Yeah. That he has to bring them back in every single game and make some miraculous play where he dodges six D linemen <laughs> and finds Tyler Lockett halfway down the field. And then it's just, it's, that's, it's I feel like that's how half the Seahawks games end. Yeah, basically. You know? Dude, Russell Wilson's career is a fucking highlight tape, in my opinion. Yeah. Like, low key. Like, obviously, you no know, Mahomes is going to be one of the guys, Lamar, but. Russell Wilson, when we look back at his career, I really do think people are going to appreciate him so more. So, I was having an argument with my brother yesterday. Do you think Russell Wilson is a first ballot Hall of Famer? One th- why is that a question? Why are you asking me that okay, question? Okay, so, I was talking yesterday. Supposedly, there's people that, that believe that Russell Wilson is not a first ballot Hall of Famer. Who are these people? What are their credentials? <laughs> I mean, like I have no credentials, but my, fuck. Okay, my family thinks that Russell Wilson, if he retired right now, that he wouldn't be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm going to tell you right now. Okay. Listen, family, you're hearing it. You're tripping sack. Yeah, look. I looked it up. Russell Wilson is second all-time in QBR. Mm-hmm. The guy has the guy has an over 65 65% completion percentage almost every year. Top 5 in touchdowns, top 5 top 5 in passing yards every single year. The only reason that he just doesn't put up these stupid crazy numbers is because the it's Seahawks are always shit. top 5 in rushing yard or rushing attempts. And his line is shit. Yeah, they're always top five in rushing attempts. And last year, they were still trying to run the ball with no disrespect. They brought to, back Marshawn Lynch. Okay, no disrespect to Travis Homer. The UM guy, but the guy's not a number one back in this league. No, they wait. What, what the fuck happened to Chris Carson? Chris Carson got hurt. Everybody got hurt for them last year. Oh, th- yeah, they brought in Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, they brought this Marshall year Lynch to be for the playoffs. Though. Yeah, you got Chris Carson back. Chris Carson's a good back. I think they'll be able to have a solid running game. But as far as this game goes, I think the Seahawks take it thirty-one to twenty-eight, and he and Chris thinks the same thing. And talking about some other birds, we got the Cardinals going up against the Niners. The Niners seven-point favorite here. What do you got? So I just think I think this year is the the Niners revenge tour. The Niners are going to come back and they're just going to dominate the whole league. And so the Cardinals are pretty bad defensively. The Niners are just great on both sides of the ball. I think the Niners just pound the ball down their throat and they cover the spread easily 35 to 14. I also think Kyler Murray looks ugly in this game. 
Yeah. Because that Niners matchup's just not ideal for him. Yeah, he has D-Hop. Yeah, he has Kenyon Drake. He has Fitz. He has Christian Kirk, who are all great receivers. And he has a great back in Kenyon Drake. But at the end of the day, the Niners are just going to be way too much for the Cardinals. Listen, bro. Let's just be fucking real about it. Where were the Cardinals last year? I don't know, bro. They were nowhere to be found, bro. The Niners, they were in the Super Bowl. Let me tell you, though, the Cardinals are so no, entertaining look, to watch. Look, I'm not trying to disrespect them. They are entertaining. They sling it. But let's just be real, bro. They're pretenders. They're not contenders in any way, shape, or form. Right. This is going to be an easy-ass game. Niners, 38-21. Kyler, I love you. Start running for your life, dog. Nick Bosa, he's going to quake you. Next, D-Hop, he's going to get his. Let's just be honest. D-Hop is D-Hop. Kenyon Drake, he's one of those guys who had a good year last year. I'm really hoping he can step it up. We'll see what happens. It could be a little bit. You know, you get a little bit here and there, some pizzazz of what could be with the, with the Cardinals. I still think Cliff Kingsbury, that team... Still don't have it yet even to put up a fucking fight this game. What do you think about that? Is that a hot take? I don't know. I don't think it's a hot take. I I think I don't think they're gonna I don't think the 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 Cardinals are gonna dominate this year, but I don't think they're gonna be horse shit either. I think that there's a chance they, they that they go, you know, ten and six, nine and seven and they sneak into a playoff spot. I put them eight and eight. You put them eight and eight? I don't I don't I don't disagree with that either. I think that there's that it could go any way for them, but I think that they're a team that could sneak into a low-card spot. I really do think this team, there will be a stretch in this season at some point where, where you're going to see their offense starting to click. Kyler is going to find it. Maybe he fucking figures it out this game. I don't know. I mean, Kyler figures, Kyler has it figured out. He's a it's smart, he's a smart guy. But what I'm saying is figure it out in the sense that there's going to be consistency across weeks. Yeah. In that sense, there will be a time, and we're going to be like, holy shit, Cardinals, Cardinals, Cardinals. But at the end of the day, I feel like 8-8 eight and eight is what they're going to max out at because of that defense. And yeah, man, I, I hope he does well. But now we have probably what would have been, what, let's say seven years ago, the fucking top matchup of the weekend. Arguably could be this weekend because of storylines. Buccaneers Saints lead it off. Tom Brady, Drew uh, Brees. Yeah, so the Saints the Saints are the three and a half point favorite against Tom Brady and the Bucks, which feels very weird to say, by the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it, it's it's odd, bro. I like, think that there's my whole life. Yeah. Tom Brady's a Patriot. Right. I think that there's a possibility that this game could be a shootout, but I don't necessarily. Th- I don't necessarily think it is. What do you uh, think? So I think that the Bucks are going to look kind of slow in the first game of the year, you know, and then just Breeze, Thomas, and Kamara just have that consistency. They have, they have that consistency together, and they play really well together. Uh, you know, I think that I think that it's going to be thirty-four to twenty-four. New Orleans takes it, but I think that it's going to be a blow most of the game, and those twenty-four points are going to come mostly in garbage time. Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, as far as I'm concerned, I'm really. I'm I'm having a hard time. I feel like a freaking Irish guy right there. Time. But anyways, time. I'm having a really hard time right here picking this game. I personally I'm not I'm not even gonna pick this one. I don't know. You don't I, know? I can't. Like I flat out can't. I just think New Orleans, New Orleans I, I would pick just, New Orleans, but I can't even tell you anything. The thing I don't with the know. Bucks is like they have so many new guys coming in. You got Brady coming in, you have Leonard Fournette coming in, you have Gronk coming in off of the season that he was that he was retired. You have a couple new guys on defense, you know? New, yeah. head, new head coach, second year head coach now in Bruce Arians, and I was reading something one time that Carson Palmer was talking about like the Bruce Arians offense, and he's and he said it like multiple times on in the media and other things like that that Bruce Arians offense is not an easy offense to figure out. Yeah, it's so it's gonna take it's gonna take time for a couple of these players to settle in, and I just don't think that this matchup for them week one is ideal against the Saints because I think the Saints are just gonna. Throw the ball, run the ball all up and down the field. Yeah, bro, that's what they freaking do. It's going to be exciting at the end of the day. I just really hope that, you know, just as football fans, let's just really enjoy the fact that we got another Tom Brady, right. Drew Brees matchup. One we don't have many times. of those left, bro. They're old as shit. Like, if, if you're like us, 
we grew up freaking watching that stuff like mm-hmm. watching these two guys just like you know they may not have been going at it that much because they were in separate conferences but at the end of the day their their careers kind of parallel to one another and i do feel in some ways like tom brady this may be a, this is something that a friend of mine brought up i'm gonna have to say this I, I i didn't think he had a bad point tom brady is the greater quarterback in terms of success but talent wise drew Brees is the better quarterback so i i don't disagree but at the end of the day, Tom Brady's the GOAT. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Tom Brady's level, like, he's great, yeah. like, all around. But I just think Drew Brees, if you put Drew Brees in, Drew Brees in New a, England. Drew Brees puts up better dog, numbers. Dog. You know? Yo, who wins more if you put him in there? Drew Brees or Aaron Rodgers in New England? Like, if, in Tom Brady's career span, who wins more? Rodgers. You think Rodgers? Yeah, Rodgers is, Rodgers is one of the best, one of the best quarterback talents we've ever seen. I think Rodgers was, like, uh, like a beta version of what we... What we would see with Mahomes. That's that's kind of disrespecting Aaron Rodgers a little bit. No, 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 no. I don't mean beta in any way, like disrespect. But I'm saying he was like the guy that like really laid the ground, the foundation for like, yo, I, people were saying, I've never seen anything like Patrick Mahomes before. And I mean, like, what are you talking about? Yeah, like Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers yeah. was I, doing I, I, things. Okay. Back, see, when I say beta, I don't mean like disrespectful. It was you just mean like the first, yeah, the first okay. iteration of it. You know, right. you get what I'm saying? Like, I mean, we've never seen quarterbacks being able to scramble out of the pocket and throw the ball the 70 yards down the field until Aaron Rodgers came around, you know, because like most of these quarterbacks were always pocket quarterbacks. Brett Favre, for as much running around as he did, he was for what it was a pocket quarterback. Joe Montana, pocket quarterback, Marino, pocket quarterback, Brady, top pocket quarterback. You know, it's like Aaron Rodgers can run around the pocket and he can sling it 70 yards down the field. Yeah, he's a fuck. He's a legend, bro. At the end of the day, I think. Yeah, but I think it's tough that, to pick. But I have to go with Rodgers too. Yeah, I think that Rodgers would have, if he would have been in New England instead of Brady, I think that they would have been really, really good for a long time. But hey, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Let's talk about Jerry Jones now. Let's talk about his team, Cowboys, Rams. What do you got? So the Cowboys are favored three and a half points over the Rams. I think the Rams cover the spread. I think this is going to be the best game of the week. Really, I think this Ram, this Rams Cowboys matchup is gonna be the best game of the week. It's two teams that have a lot to prove, right? Uh-huh. Cowboys coming in with a new coach and Mike McCarthy. Mike McCarthy has to prove that he can do it because he basically got booted out of New England by Aaron Rodgers. Not New England, Green Bay. Green yeah, Bay. we were just talking about. He got him. booted out of Green Bay by by pretty by Aaron Rodgers, pretty yeah. much, right? So he's coming in with the Cowboys to prove himself to see that he can still, he's a still vi- still be a viable coach in the NFL. And also the Rams coming off a really r- rough year last year. After the year, bro. Yeah, after the year before them being just so great, and then like last year them being as bad as they were, um, but I think that it's two teams with a lot to prove. I think that both teams are going to be really good this year. I think the Cowboys win the division. I think the Rams, the Rams. I don't think the Rams win the division, but I think they're they're in the running for a wild card spot. I think both Dak and Jared Goff look really good in Week One. I think it's going to be a, like a little mini shootout, and Cowboys take it twenty eight to twenty seven. But the Rams do cover the spread because it's a three and a half point spread. Yeah, honestly, I'm going to have to say the Cowboys are going to win, but the Rams are going to cover the spread, and I'm going to call it probably, I was thinking about this, I'd have to say 31-28. to Mm We've got the Cowboys winning right there on a field goal, and I think it's going to be a great matchup here. Listen, bro, (laughs) the Cowboys, I'm just, I I don't like their fans, but I really do think they have the talent, bro. They're set up with Dak, who, listen, I I have to defend the guy, right? Skip Bayless, you're never going to hear this, but you're a bitch. Yo, Skip Bayless recently said that Dak, basically said Dak Prescott was a bitch for coming out and saying he has the president stuff and he can't be a leader. Dog, motherfucker's going to prove you wrong this year. I'm going to tell you that much. He's going to pop off. He is a great quarterback in my opinion. Okay, great. No, is, great. Okay. Great. I'd I put him number 10 in my list. Dak, 
Dak is a franchise quarterback, right? Yes. But he's not a franchise quarterback that's going to win you a Super Bowl. He's not going to win you a Super Bowl, but look, what the reason I'm saying this is because he's smart and he has the pieces okay. to be able to. Dak is very good with pieces. That's what I'm you saying. Know, he but has pieces. Right, he has pieces, so he can be he can be good and viable. But Dak is not going to go and just win you your, your Super Bowl. He's not going to guide you to a win. He's not going to no. guide you to a win, but Dak Prescott will put you in the position, in the position you to need to be in, which, look, I understand that's what separates the great from the best, mm-hmm. in my opinion. like We have great quarterbacks, and then we have the best. And that's my list. That's how I do it. But anyways... I think Dak Prescott, he will find he will you will find yourself with Dak Prescott if he's on your team. You'll find yourself in positions to win. At the end of the day, the Cowboys though, they just fucked themselves, so you can't really see that all the time. But I think this is the year that we'll finally possibly see them break through a bit. I don't know. Could be a hot take, but that's besides the point. Let's move on to fantasy. Coincidentally enough, this is actually something we wanted to talk about and we're we're here thinking, damn, we want to incorporate this in our episode. And turns out our first week matchup is against each other. And last night we started out with the Chiefs and the Texans. I had Deshaun Watson playing. This guy had Travis Kelsey playing. Let me tell you, I hate Travis Kelsey, dog. <laughs> guy puts up 17 points, most of it in the first half. Right. All I know is that every time that I played you in fantasy last year, I got embarrassed. Yeah. So last this, year, this year, it will not happen. This year, I will not be embarrassed. No, this year, you think? This year, I'm winning this league. You are not winning the league this year. I'm coming out. Matthew Stafford's going to have a career year. Do you really think Matthew Stafford is okay. that guy, bro? Here's my thing with Matthew Stafford, right? Matthew Stafford has has always been in a limited offense. It's like it's always been like Matt, like Matt Stafford check down check down check down check down. Mm-hmm. Last year before he got hurt, he averaged the most out of all quarterbacks in like the how do I describe this? Like the just say it. However it is. Pass yards through the air, right? Yeah. So he, per attempt... Passing yards per attempt. Yeah. No, per attempt, he threw the ball the furthest. Yeah. Right? So instead of him checking down, he was throwing a lot of balls because he has... The guy has really insane good receivers. Insane arm talent, too, and he, bro. Yeah, he's an insane arm talent. He has real good receivers. He's got Kenny Galladay, who was amazing last year. Marvin Jones Jr., when he's healthy, he can be can be really, really, really good. Um, And now they have some sort of running game because they... What do they bring in? They Detroit has some running back now. Dude, honestly, I'll be honest with you, I don't even pay attention to the Detroit Lions. Like, I, I know I need to know about this shit, but the Detroit Lions, like, look, I'll, I'll, we're, we're talking shit here about our matchup. I don't think Matthew Stafford, no disrespect to him, he's not going to do anything because he doesn't have anything around him. In my Oh, DeAndre Swift? Is DeAndre that what it is? Swift, yeah. Okay, they got him, but it's going to be like an okay team, bro. Like, They're the going to be an okay day, team, but Matthew Stafford's going to be really good. Matthew Stafford will do his. Who else do you got on your team? Run it down. Give them the, so, the week one preview here. We have... Matt Stafford, and then I have Derrick Henry, who obviously is just Derrick Henry. The guy's going to do Derrick Henry things. Uh, James Conner, I think if he can stay healthy, and that whole Pittsburgh team can stay healthy, that that he can help them make a run at the playoffs. Mm -hmm. I think that James Conner, James Conner is a very solid running back when he can stay healthy fantasy-wise. And and then I got OBJ and Keenan Allen as my receivers. OBJ is, to me, my X factor if I want to win in the league this year. If OBJ comes back, and he, if OBJ comes back to his Giants form when he was first there, his first couple years in the league, then my team is going to be all world. I think it really depends on how Keenan, much he's involved. Right, because Keenan Allen's going to do his. No matter who's Keenan Allen's quarterback, Keenan Allen's still going to get the ball. Keenan Allen's still going to be He's the Keenan guy Allen. there. Right. Travis Kelsey, we don't even need to talk about Travis yeah, Kelsey. Yeah, 17 points. It's not, I hate you. Yeah, and then my flex is A.J. Green. Sleeper. 
Yeah, sleeper. I I saw a lot of people pass up on him, and I was like, if I have a chance to get AJ Green, I'm gonna get AJ Green. Cause realistically, the guy was not hurt for the last part of last year. Yeah, and he's the guy wasn't hurt. He was just sitting down, so the guy's completely healthy. And that's gonna be Joe Burrow's first like right. guy. That's, yeah, it's that, gonna that be Joe to be Burrow's star guy. Receiver. It's gonna be Joe Burrow's guy. And from what I've read, that AJ Green seems very excited to play with Joe Burrow. So I think I think that I'm gonna have a real solid year fantasy wise. And then the guys also got the Patriots defense and Justin Tucker, but hey, it is what it is. As far as me, I got Deshaun Watson, bro. And I'll tell you right now, I know Deshaun Watson. Okay, before you continue, this guy called me yesterday before the game, and he goes, "Oh, I'm gonna start Drew Brees over." I know. I was Deshaun thinking Watson. about it. I was and thinking about it. I'm playing against him, and even I told him, "Don't do that." Deshaun Watson's a top five quarterback in the league. I'm not he's, questioning that. He's bro. still gonna get his. It doesn't matter who he plays. I understand, bro. You know, like, and then he calls me halfway through the game and he starts bitching at me. Oh, you told me to start him. Blah blah blah. The guy has four points. Blah blah blah. I'm like, give him time. He's gonna get his <laughs> he, points. He blew Deshaun up. Watson yes. was my quarterback last year. Guy ended up with a solid it's game. A roller he had twenty coaster, points. Dog. Okay, look. The thing is, I'm spoiled. I picked Patrick Mahomes first last year. I picked them first last year, I know you and did. I ended up winning the championship, and I'm just used to freaking insane performances. So, look, Deshaun Watson in general, my biggest problem was not so much with Deshaun Watson, but it was more so with the supporting cast and what he had around him. I really, just watching the game, I really didn't feel as if there was going to be anything that was done. I knew it was going to be a blowout, and yeah, I knew he'd end up with his 20 points, but the reason I asked him is because I'm really trying to think here, what can I get for fantasy points? Who has the better core? Who has a... More of a chance for boom instead of bust. And I feel people were saying, oh, yeah, this game's going to be a blowout. No, man. It was nothing like a blowout. It was just a grind out. I'm here, like, watching it first half snooze fest. And I was just frustrated. So that's why I was thinking, okay, you may have Breeze and you may have Brady. They're going to pop off. I personally feel if you have Drew Breeze on your team, that would not be a bad option. I, I would take Drew Breeze over Tom Brady if you have the option to ch- choose between them. I would say that. Moving on with my team. By the way, Deshaun Watson finished with 20 points. Moving on, I got Josh Jacobs. First back right there for the Raiders. Solid guy. I'm not quite sure how exactly he's going to do this year. But hey, he's the lead guy over there. Derek Carr needs some help. And let's see what John Gruden does over there in Las Vegas. Next, I got Raheem Mostert at freaking... Raheem Mostert's a cop. Listen, don't don't sleep on him. I I, I picked him. A, because, listen, that's all that was there. But I was actually watching him throughout the draft. And I'm like... I don't know, bro. I feel problem, like I could get away with a sleeper right. pick. The problem here. with the Niners and I'm trying to start one of the running backs because you never know which one's going to pop off. Yeah. yeah, they're going to run the ball 95 times every game, but you never know which one of their running backs is just going to go and they're just going to pop off. It's a difficult thing, but at the end of the day, I feel like Mostert's going to be involved a little bit more this year. And let's see what happens, man. Next, we got DeAndre Hopkins, Deshaun Watson's old guy right it's there. Deshaun Hopkins, I mean, not Deshaun, DeAndre Hopkins right there. That guy's going to get his. I ain't even worried about that. Then I got the man lining across from Mr. Shitchest, Jarvis Landry. That guy's a G, solid every single year, to be honest with you. I feel like Jarvis Landry, I've had him multiple times before. And that guy, you know. He's great in PPR leagues. Yeah. Like, you talk about him, and it's going to be like, oh, you remember that game? He got like 13, 14 points. You're going to be like, which one, bro? It's like almost every every week is consistent. And the thing about OBJ is I feel like he's – for some reason, it's like OBJ, he needs to get like more involved. I don't know what it is. Jarvis is just always that guy. So then next, I've got Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews is a guy, as soon as I saw him in the draft last, I mean, this year, I knew I had to pick him up. Why? Last year, I picked this guy up off waiver wire, and I think it was like after week one or two. Best thing I ever did. That was my starting tight end for the rest of the year. Rode him to the championship. Thank you so much. He's going to get even more first tight end reps. 
the the guy who was freaking in front of him or whatever last year, that guy's out of there. I forgot his name. He's going to have good stuff. Michael Gallup, next guy, he's a great slot receiver there for the Cowboys. I think he's going to be good. But there's good. a problem with that and the fact that the Cowboys drafted CeeDee Lamb. I understand, but it's week one. But CeeDee Lamb was still one top three receiver in the draft. They're going to want to implement him early. You don't think that Michael Gallup, at least right now, is going to be at least their number two? At least I, for this I week. I think that he's that him and that him and CeeDee Lamb are like both the number two. Yes, but I just feel I like... They're two A and two B. Yeah, it could be. But I just feel like for this week, that's what will work. Then we've got the Bills against the Jets. Some people are saying the Bills may get upset by the Jets. But at the end of the day, I, I feel like that. the Jets are the Jets and it'll work out. Then I got Matt Prater. And yeah, man, it's going to be an interesting matchup. We'll update you next week on how exactly this goes. Dope as hell going in a week one like that. But next, we're going to talk about the NBA, my bread and butter. Matt's bread and butter is football. He can definitely hit you with some basketball talk. It's the opposite for me, bro. I will hit you with that b-ball talk. So let's go. NBA playoffs. The Milwaukee Bucks got bounced by the Heat 4-1. Giannis injured. What? It was like game three and then game four out. Yeah. I don't feel like I was surprised at all watching this. I see analysts right now on ESPN and on Twitter and this, that, and the other saying, it's such a surprise seeing the Bucs lose to the okay. Heat. It's surprising, like, it's surprising that they lost in the way that they lost. No. You know, I, it's surprising them losing because they, the they were the best defensive and offensive team in the league in the regular season. And they came out and they got absolutely dominated by the Heat. They got ass-waxed. Yeah, they got dominated by the, by the Heat. You watch the matchups in these games and it just, it just didn't seem like it was close. You know, it was just like the Heat were so much better, so much like they were so much better physically. They were so much better shooting the ball. They were so much better defensively. So, yeah, the thing is, man, they were the better team. They were the better team, and I also feel like not only with the fact that they were the better team, but it was also the fact that Eric Spolstra flat out is a better coach than Mike Budenholzer. And look, yeah. for the last two weeks, and I'd say for a while I've been saying this, but I've become more vocal about it. I've been saying it. Beating this drum, Mike Budenholzer is such an overrated coach. It is insane. Let me tell you, that guy, this is the third time he gets bounced as a number one seed. He was on the verge of getting swept a second time as a number one seed. Throw it back to 14-15. Got swept by the Cavs with those Hawks teams that they had the four freaking all-stars. I don't know how Kyle Korver was an all-star. Coincidentally enough, he's on the Bucks. But that's besides the point. He was in danger of getting swept a second time. And if it weren't for some, you know, miraculous, you know, jolt of energy to the Bucks after Giannis got injured, he'd be swept, and then you'd really start hearing questions about him as the coach, but that's besides the but point. are we already starting to hear questions of him as the coach? Yeah, but the thing is, we're going to hear those questions, but realistically, if we're looking at it, if you're John Horst, the GM of the Bucks, you're going to think about it. You're going into Giannis's final year on his contract. He's shown some loyalty to Bud, even though it seemed like a little bit of passive aggression before, like when he was saying, oh, you know, coach wants me out there, but that's his guy. Right now, if you fire Mike Budenholzer, you take the risk of hiring someone that while in the beginning it may seem like a good fit, you always have the potential for as the year goes on, they don't they maybe they don't get as far or perform as well as under Bud. I don't I don't necessarily think that it's a coaching problem. Because they had Jason Kidd in there and they were really good with Jason Kidd too. They've been good with Mike Budenholzer. But I don't think that it's I don't think there's necessarily no, a coaching problem. Can, I think can, it's a I think it's no, a personnel problem. No, no. Let me hit you, bro. Uh, please. Please, like I'm begging you. I hate Mike Budenholzer. Like the fact that he's been like coach of the year. I think he's overrated. My point is this: his offense is very, very, very one-dimensional. The thing is, you saw what happened when he had all the guys after Giannis went out, bro. 
It became a more perimeter-centric offense. Why the fuck is that not happening while Giannis is in the game? It almost seems as if this guy, with the way he controls the floor with Giannis, the plays he calls and all this, that, and the other, it literally is such a one-dimensional offense that it's no surprise that the Heat or even the Raptors from last year, you just set up a wall. It's over. Why do you not try to get more motions? Make it a bit more of a perimeter-centric offense. By having the offense that Mike Budenholzer has right now, you are not challenging or getting Giannis at all to become more of a three-point shooter, even more of a mid-range shooter. All you have him every single time he's in that dunker spot and he's going to go in there. No shit. Someone like Eric Spolstra is not going to be here like, mm, what do I do? He's going to fix that. Yeah, and I think very... Giannis does need help. Right. But that coach needs to go. And it's not going to happen. But hey, they, they're they going to fuck themselves. The thing is, Giannis, needs, Giannis obviously needs to get in the gym and start shooting. You know, the guy needs to, the guy needs to develop a better jumper. But you have to put him in more successful positions to succeed. You know, like... You can't just have him on the left elbow the entire game and expect him to just do something that's not working. Or even come off the inbound and just run it to the basket. Like, you right. can't play in transition off rip in real I mean, life. The thing like is, is like, with a lot of teams that'll work. But the problem is, is you have a versatile, a versatile big like Bam that can guard him and that can stay in front of him. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's tough to do that. It's not as easy. The thing is, if they're playing a team like, let's say, like, the Blazers... Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have anybody to guard that guy. That guy can run down the court the whole game and dunk on him. Yeah, so the thing is, what and also, what is it worth being able to dominate every other team if you can't dominate the teams you got to beat? But that's besides the point. So anyways, the Heat are going to be good, but how about we talk about the team that they're going to face in the Eastern Conference Finals? Which one is it going to be? I don't know, but we got, we're going to find out tonight. Mm. We got the Celtics. We got the Raptors. What do you got? So Game 7, by the way. Personally, I as a Heat fan, I would rather the Raptors win. Just because I feel like the matchup against the Heat wouldn't be as difficult as the Celtics, but I think the Celtics take Game Seven. They have the Celtics have more more offensive firepower than the Raptors do. Yes, the Raptors are probably better defensively and they're longer and they have more defensive guys. But you have the Celtics who any given night any of these guys can give you twenty five plus. Because Jason Tatum can give you twenty five plus. Kemba can give you twenty five plus. Gordon Hayward when he's healthy can give you twenty five plus. Jalen Brown when he when he shows up and give you twenty five plus and when you add into the fact that uh, Tice has been Tice has been really good on the block really good down low <laughs> yeah right yeah okay he no, has he's trash but he's been good down there he's been a good defensive presence for them down there for the lack of defensive presence that they have down there I mean Tice has done a solid job I guess yeah but and when outside of that too Ennis Cantor I mean Marcus, what else do you have yeah. Marcus Smart one of the best perimeter defensive he would def- give the yeah. Heat problems he would give the Heat shooting problems a lot so. Just as a Heat fan, I would rather to see the Raptors in the in in the user conference finals, but I believe that the Celtics are gonna be the ones that get there. I do feel like the Celtics are gonna win this game tonight also. I do feel like it's gonna be a close game. And look, I personally feel as if the Celtics go into the conference finals, some people may disagree with me. I feel like that's a better matchup for the Heat. Okay. I would not like to see the Toronto Raptors in the conference finals if I'm a Miami Heat fan. Why? I'll hit you with this. The Raptors, not only do they have the length, but they have more talent inside. Already, look at the Heat. We struggled a little bit of like a little bit with the Bucks size in some senses when it came to rebounding the, the interior defense and all that shit. Yes, we had our setup, but that was just because we set up the wall. But if you look at the way the Raptors are set up, they're going to have a Marcus Sol, they're going to have a Pascal Siakam who may not be, you know, the most well-known defender, but he's still long, he's still going to cause problems. And you got a Serge Ibaka. Those three guys right there, Ibaka and Gasol more so, they're going to be more solid on defense. That's going to cause us problems when all we've got is 
what Derek Jones Jr., Kelly Olenek. We're not playing Myers Leonard, and we're going to have Bam Adebayo in there. Just sheer strength, size, and more talent interior will cause problems. Then you also look at Kyle Lowry, Van Vliet. You got Ananobi. You got Norman Powell. All around, it gives you problems. I like that matchup, you know, if I was a Raptors fan against the Heat, if it were possible. Then you look at the Celtics, though. He does have a really good point, Matt, when he talks about their offensive firepower between Brown, Walker, Hayward, and Tatum. They can give you that, but their interior presence, I feel like it almost levels the playing field, the fact that they lack the interior presence, because while they may have the offensive firepower, I feel like the Heat, they're more well I don't know, like they're more well made to be able to handle teams with that offensive firepower as opposed to that setup when you're just having bigs. Yeah, I mean, if we go back to the Raptors, I I think that it's a good matchup for the Heat in the fact that you can't have these you're not gonna be able to have Ibaka and Gasol in the game at the same time for a lot for a lot of the for a lot of the games versus the Heat. Yeah. Just for the fact that the Heat are gonna run, you know, because they, they score they're able to score in transition when they want to. Which I think for them to be able to beat the Raptors, they're gonna to have to score in transition a lot because they're more athletic and they're quicker and they and they're gonna get off the ball better. So you're not gonna be able to have Marcus Sol and Ibaka in the game at the same time. It's gonna to have to be one or the other most of the time. Yeah, I you know, feel that. unless the Heat go big and they put Myers Leonard, they put Myers Leonard and they put Bam in the game at the same time, they're gonna have a problem guarding the Heat and how quick they are and how quick they are when they want to be in transition. Yeah, I get what you're saying. It's just I don't know. I feel like that's the way that I see it and. Hey, we'll find out tonight. You know, we'll find out tomorrow morning, actually. We'll yeah. wake up and see it. But next up, we're going to have the Lakers and the Rockets, and we're going to have the Clippers and the Nuggets. Before this show, we were really thinking, okay, look, we're dropping this on a Saturday. Let's just be real. We said it, like, what? Last episode, we were laughing at the Rockets-Lakers matchup. We were yeah. laughing at the Clippers-Nuggets matchup, saying it was a joke. So it's a joke. These people are going to win, and it's going to be Lakers-Clippers. We knew it all year. So because of the delay in between our episodes, we're going to talk about you know what we all knew the Commerce Finals would be, Clippers-Lakers. What do you got at least going into Game 1, or even when you want to predict a series? Tell so, me why. When it comes to this series, I think that the Lakers are going to have just such a tough time with the Clippers. I think that the Clippers take the series easily, and they take it in five. Like that? Yeah, like that. Because the Clippers are just... When it comes down to it, the Clippers are the best defensive personnel team in the NBA. 100%. They might not give you the 100% effort defensively that you want them to give every single night, but you have but you have Pat Bev, Kawhi, Paul George, uh, Montrezl Harrell, who are all just dogs defensively. Shamit also is a good defender. Yeah, Shamit's a great defender, and he can shoot the ball. Then you get Lou Will in the game, who's going to come in and give you Lemon buckets. Lemon Pepper Lou. Yeah. Zubak who comes in and gives you very valuable minutes. You have all these guys that are going to come in and give you really good minutes. Outside of, with the Lakers, outside of AD and LeBron, it's a lot of hot garbage. You know, Rondo's been <laughs> Rondo's been really good, but if you have to depend on Rondo to play well to win, like that's not going to work the, out. The, you yeah. know, like Rondo's been really good since he's come back from this injury, and, and mm-hmm. like you see it with LeBron off the floor that Rondo's able to run the offense. Yeah. But you have, like, okay, Caruso's solid, but... Caruso on a lot of other teams, I don't, I don't even think would be the backup point guard. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like a lot of that. Kuz, Kuz has been decent this series, but he comes out and a lot of the times he's hot and cold. KCP, don't even get me started on KCP. The guy's getting paid way too much money for him to be the trash can that he is. KCP. Yeah, <laughs> and then just they don't have that. They have Javale McGee and Dwight Howard, who seems that like they're never in the game <laughs> because they put them in there against these against. You can't put them in there against the Rockets, first of all, because no, the gonna, Rockets are going to get run off the floor, dog. So 
It's gonna come. I think it comes down to how well AD is able to play. Mm-hmm. If AD comes into the series and he absolutely dominates the Clippers, which he's gonna have a very tough time because he's gonna be getting switched on by PG. Kawhi's gonna get switched well, on. They're to gonna him. swarm him, right? And um, this guy Harold's gonna get switched on to him. It's gonna be real tough for them. And Rondo's not gonna do much against Pat Bev. No, you know what I'm saying? Like it's it's ridiculous, man. You know, it's the Lakers. I'll be honest with you. Would you have anything more to say about the Lakers? Because I'm ready to unleash on these people. Dude, the Lakers, let me tell you some shit right now. The Lakers are posers. You want to know why they're posers? Before these playoffs, everybody was saying Avery Bradley was a huge loss for the Lakers. Now, let me ask you something. When in the past has Avery Bradley ever been a player that shifts the the balance of power in the NBA? Please. Okay. I'll give you five seconds. No, you know what? I'll give you two. You couldn't come up with anything. So my point is this. The Lakers do not have anybody on that squad. If you're depending on Alex Caruso and Rajon Rondo to be your leading point guards, to be people that you're going to depend on the score, along with a Kyle Kuzma who throws the ball like a hot potato. I love you, dog. But come on, bro. That team is way too dependent upon two people. The Clippers are a more well-rounded team who they can hit you so many different ways. If Pandemic P is able to get it together and he can get his jump shot going against this team in this particular matchup, it'll make Kawhi's life easier. And that team, if everybody is flowing, they're going to overwhelm that Laker team. I don't care what you tell me. You also got Deion Waiters. You got J.R. Smith. You yeah. got Mark Morris. Come on, bro. You have Kawhi and Paul George. Yeah, LeBron's going to pick one of them up the whole game. But who's going to pick up the other one? Yes, and then... And it's like... You, there's you're, there's you're too gonna much. De- yeah, you're going to depend on KCP to pick up one of these guys, and it's just not going to work out well. You know, KCP's a good defender, but he can't defend Kawhi. He's not going to defend PG. Not at all. And you know what? It's all those things that make me say, Clippers and Six, book them to the finals. Yeah. And I'm going to wait until next week to hit you with my conference finals preview as far as that goes. So anyways... Thank you so much for hearing our episode of Heavily Contested. This is episode three. We got an Instagram page, Heavily Contested Pod. If you follow us on there, we got show updates, we got graphics, and we just got some fun polls and shit like that. You can connect with us through our questions. And lastly, please don't forget to like, rate, comment, subscribe. We're out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. Spread the word. Love y'all.